2: the words in the Bible are from Jesus and God. This is a commandment. So it says that each of us should not just, I'm only going to take care of myself, Pastor Mark, that's all I need. No, you're wrong. You need to be involved with other people and they need to be involved with you. That's exactly what this means. So life isn't just about you. It's about me. It's about you. It's about growing together and you will never grow consistently. Never. Unless you're connected to other people who can speak into your life.
0: Philippians 2.4 tells us to be concerned about the things of others. This is the heart of our call as Christians, as a part of the body of Christ. However, too often Christians just want to make their Christianity a private thing. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us that such a view is not biblical, and such a view has profound implications for one's spiritual life. He says, if you will not commit to being connected with other people, you will stop growing in your Christian life it is vitally important that you're connected with other Christians who can hold you accountable. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues his message entitled, Why Church? Connect.
2: with me to Hebrews chapter 3, toward the back of the Bible, Hebrews chapter 3, it's the last place you'll be today, Hebrews chapter 3, not to the book of Revelation, you've gone too far, Hebrews chapter 3, down to verse 12, now let me give you the preface, the writer of the Hebrews, many people think it's Paul, was addressing believers, Christians, like you and me, he's addressing them, how does that, how does that look, he's giving them a warning, Let's begin. Verse 12, verse 12. He says, see to it, brothers, Christians, that, circle this word, none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that, circle these two words, turns away from the living God. So there's a warning from Paul that believers, listen, this is not unbelievers, these are Christians like you and me. There's a warning that if I'm not careful, I can turn away from following God. By the way, the word turn away means apostasy, falling away from God. So the writer says, my goal, as you read this verse and practice what I'm going to tell you, my goal is how many will fall from God? I ask you a circle of word. What was the word? None. So is he, is the writer satisfied with if 80% don't fall away? No, he's not. He doesn't want how many to fall away. Nobody. I don't want you falling away from your commitment to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to do it. So he gives this incredible warning to don't do it. Now, let me share with you. I'm going to give you two ways that we can turn away. Turn away. I mean, turn away and following God is an oxymoron. Turn away and following God. Let me give you two ways this morning that that can happen. So I want you to see this very practically in your life. And by the way, what I'm getting ready to show you, all of us have done. Has anybody here as a Christian ever said, God, I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. And he says, uh, I'd like you to go witness to your neighbor across the street. Well, Neighbor across the street. And we don't do it. Well, sure. And then others. Has anybody ever been in a dry period in your life spiritually? Wilderness. Nothing seems to be happening. We lost our zeal. We lost our heart for God. There's no passion. Anybody? We've all been there. Well, how did it happen? Did it happen like this? You get up one morning. Well, I guess I'm going to walk away from God today. (laughs) Well, did it? No, because we already made a what? A commitment not to do that. So this is a process, and it comes from a deceitfulness of Satan who gets us discouraged and defeated. So what is the scripture warning about? Turning away from following God. In other words, not obeying his commands. Let me show you two ways. Two ways. I make a decision to go a different direction. I'm going to follow my path. God said, I want you to do this. You can't change the job over there. I don't want you moving. I don't want you dating that person. I don't want you buying that. You've been trying to get out of debt. I've asked you not to look at that television show. And so in the morning, I'm fine, but I just decide to turn away and walk another road. That's one way. That will relate to some of you this morning. We've all been there. I just did my thing. I turned away, I decided my way was better. I'm dating a non-believer. I've been warned, don't do that, it's not good. You can't walk together. I'm sleeping with someone and they're not married, I'm having an affair, I'm watching porn. Or it's just as simple as God says, I want you to stay at that job. I don't like that job. I want you there until I move you. I'm gonna change jobs. (whistles) Boom. By the way, follow this path, Is there celebration at the end of this path? We've been there. And by the way, the whole walk is not celebration. Because now I've lost the primary relationship of life is walking in unity with God. Remember the scriptures can two walk together unless they agree? So God's always walking on. Jesus is walking on. And this is one of those steps where I just stop. And by the way, the end of this path is miserable. It's all miserable. You've been there, I've been there. It's lonely. It never accomplishes what we want. Okay, here's the second one. This one's a little more deceptive. This one's a little more common in a Christian. All right? And all of a sudden, instead of turning the path, he's going on. I stop in my walk with God. I'm not growing anymore. I've just kind of gotten that dry period. I didn't get up in the morning and go, well, I'm tired of growing. I just... I don't have a zeal for God. I don't have an excitement for God. I'm not going to church on a regular basis. I'm not into the Word. I'm not in outright sin, but I, I'm just—I've just lost my zeal for God. I don't—I'm kind of lukewarm, like the church at Laodicea. I just don't care for the things of God. And yeah, I missed last week, and then I missed the next week. And you know, I used to have a friend devotion. And well, when you find yourself here, we're very good at justifying where we're at. But I want to ask you something: Did Did I get closer to Jesus when I stopped? Am I in the same relationship? No, Jesus always does what? He always is going forward. And so when I stop, I can have this mentality, I'm not doing bad. You are doing bad. You're right in the middle of sin. You're right in a place where you shouldn't be. You're farther from God. There's no communication. There's no relationship. By the way, this is a great picture of marriage, but I don't have time to go there. That's how divorces happen. This is exactly how divorces happen. See, we didn't get up in the morning saying to God, well, I'm in a dry period, I'm not interested in you. It just happens. And it happens because of the deceitfulness of sin. Remember, God just continues on. If I'm going to be a follower, I have to follow. I can't stop because I'm farther than I need to be. In this verse and the next verse, we have the solution to the problem I just gave you. Since we've already admitted we all have that tendency, that tendency to stop in our growth, kind of get sidetracked, cares of life, all this kind of stuff, we have two warnings to us. The first warning you see here is to be aware of the deceitfulness of sin. You see, I didn't plan to do that, but I got sidetracked. Notice verse 13, you're right there. It says this, how do I do it? Number one, I have to be aware how easy it is to get sidetracked, because Satan hates followers. It says, but encourage one another daily, as long it is called today, so that, here's the goal again, none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. By sin's deceitfulness. So I'm to encourage one another. Who's the one another? It's people you're related to, not husband and wife. It's friends. It's other Christians. He's, he's, he's writing, he says, be careful of the deceitfulness of sin. Don't. Let me warn you not to fall away, not to stop, not to take your own path. And by the way, the way you do that is to realize you're prone to it. And number two, get yourself connected to a small group of people who can encourage you to urge, to exhort, to confront, to come alongside, to spurned action. Now, read this verse. It says, but encourage one another daily. Let me give you a Greek lesson this morning, okay? Let me give you the meaning of daily in the Greek. You can write this down. Here we go. Ready? Daily. So what does that mean? Daily. Yeah, maybe I have a little bottle of one-a-day vitamins. Hello? What does that mean? Daily. Daily. Do you mean, Pastor Mark, I'm supposed to encourage or exhort or be around people besides God and my spouse to warn, to love, to be involved in life daily? House to house? Public? How does it work? Here's how it works. As you begin to see this flow, understand... We get discouraged. We get depressed. We get caught up in the pace of everyday life. Sometimes we get isolated from our friends. We didn't realize it. We're just isolated from people that can speak into us. And pretty soon, we've just stopped growing. And we're isolated. There's nobody around us. Oh, God's speaking to us. The problem is, my heart is hard. Is there anybody in your life this morning, you're walking, and you take this path. Is there anybody in your life... That you would welcome to come in and say, as you've made this right turn, what are you doing? That's not who you are. You shouldn't have been dating that person. Where did I What, what, what is that program you tell me you've been watching? We discussed that before. You're going to buy a new car. You're so much We talked. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Pastor Mark, I don't want anybody in my life like that. And that's why you're about ready to walk away from God. You say, well, I didn't make that commitment. No, but Satan is deceiving you. You see, I have to open my heart and my life to allow people that I'm related to, you know, turn your name and say, well, your television shows you watched last week, tell me and I'll pray for you right now. What? that isn't going to work. It has to be real. Is there anybody in your life that can say to you, man, I want to encourage you. Is there anybody that loves you enough and will you allow them as you've stopped right here? Would you allow another person to come alongside and say, been there, come on, let's pray. I'm going to call you tomorrow morning and ask you how your devotion is. Let's begin walking again. yes. You say, well, I'm not going to allow them in. Then you're in tremendous danger. Because pretty soon you'll be walking farther and farther from God. Guys, I've been doing this for 40 years. The thing we missed in the church is not commitment. We have commitments. We do not have connection. Not at all like God wants us to have. Now, you say, sounds to me kind of not very spiritual. Exhort, courage one another. Man, you got ten minutes. Can you can you gonna get this thing over? With? This isn't spiritual. This is very spiritual. Write this statement down. True spirituality is relational. It's relational. It's being connected to obviously to God, but God said, love your neighbor. So it's being connected to one another. It is very spiritual. It's the outcome of your life. God designed us to walk with him. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit who convicts us. Yes, we have God direct us. But in those times when I simply ignore God and his word, God wants us to be related to other believers who can come in and say, what are you doing? Come on, let's talk about it. I need that. You need that. Now, here's what I know because I've been doing this a long time. I can hear some of you right now saying basically this. It's nobody's business how I'm doing spiritually. Religion, and I don't know who started this, but it's not true. Religion is a private matter. Religion is not a private matter. Nobody's business how I'm doing spiritually. Let me just say to you in kindness, in kindness, you're 100% wrong. You are being deceived just like Hebrews 3 says. First, every pastor and every elder have been appointed and anointed by God to be shepherds. Shepherds teach, care for, feed, water, direct, and correct the sheep. I want to be responsible in a small way, for your spirituality. I am gonna be responsible to God for how you're doing spiritually. Not ultimately, you have to do that. But I am responsible. You say, well I don't want a church where the pastor's gonna encourage me or kinda of exhort me again in a small group. <laughs> let me just say kindly to you. Okay, if you don't want that, let me just say it kindly to you. I'll tell you, I'm not changing. Well, I'm not going to be submitted to that leadership of that church. If you're not going to be submitted, find another church. I'm serious. We're not perfect, but my master is God. This is the word I'm reading. So I can't force you, but I love you enough to say to you, learn to submit. Learn to understand that God loves you, and he puts shepherds, people. By the way, I have to be connected just as well. You'll see that in a moment. So it's not something I'm saying, have a nice day, guys. Get yourself out there. Me, I'm not going to open up to anybody. You can't do that. So you have to be what God says. God made you to be connected and intimately involved with other people. How do I know that? Look at Philippians 2.4. Great verse. You don't have a lot of time. It says this. Each of you, not just the people that say, hey, I like to be in small groups so I can open up and be real. And 80% of you say, I'm not open up to anybody. no. Philippians 2, four. each of you, that's 100% of you, should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So I am a biblical, command. you say, I love God. Okay, we learned this early. Let's go back to it. I love God. If I love God, how do I show it? I obey his? Is this a commandment? No, this isn't a commandment because it's written in the rest part of the Bible. But Jesus didn't say this. No, all the words in the Bible are from Jesus and God. This is a commandment. So it says that each of us should not just, I'm going to take care of myself, Pastor Mark. That's all I need. No, you're wrong. You need to be involved with other people and they need to be involved with you. That's exactly what this means. So life isn't just about you. It's about me. It's about you. It's about growing together. And you will never grow consistently. Never. Unless you're connected to other people who can speak into your life. Because you'll just hit dead end after dead end after dead end and one day just walk away from God. I watch it happen all the time. I watch it all happen all the time. Because no one intends to just walk away from God. But they're deceived by Satan. Here's the next word I want you to write. Being accountable helps us to be real and authentic to keep sharp and to grow to grow spiritually in our lives. Do you understand that? As you are accountable to God and to others. Ultimately, we only are responsible to God. We're not responsible to man. I'm not God. I'm not your judge. You only obey your pastor, your shepherds, your leaders as they are obeying God. But when I get related in a small group setting, I'm challenged to take off my mask, be real, so that I can open up my life and not hide. In this room this morning, there are people that are a, a rock, in an island. You're hiding. See, a rock can't be hurt. An island doesn't cry. You've been hurt. But the only way to be useful in life is to open up yourself again. You see, some of you are hurting, and you're hiding. Your marriage is crumbling. You're involved in a sinful pattern that you can't break. You've been given discouraging news regarding your health. Oh, you remember the days when you were excited to serve, but that zeal is gone. You see, you're hiding, and you have to make this incredible, important decision this week, and yet nobody knows you're hurting. It's not our fault. It's your fault. You have never opened up your life. You're not in a small group. God never designed your life to be that way. See, life change happens as it was in the Bible most effectively in a small group most of your change will happen when God speaks to you in your devotion you're given words by me it happens here but most happens when I'm related in that small group where did most of the disciples growth happen when Jesus said boys come aside for a few moments remember let's see if we can get this right It happens in small groups. Now I know some of you this morning are gonna say this. Pastor Mike, you want me to get in a small group? There's too many funky people. People are funky. I'll get in a group with lots of funky people. Let me show you a true story and I think it'll relate my point very well. In the recent tsunami, there was this hippopotamus that got separated from his mom, so he decided to take up with this 100-year-old male tortoise. This is a real story that shows our differences don't matter much when we need the comfort of another. We could all learn a lesson from these two creatures of God. Look beyond the differences and find a way to walk the path together. I mean, come on, guys. You just have to be real. If God's creatures can do that... We're his created creatures with a heart after God. You will never celebrate and you will never keep your commitment unless you learn to connect to loving people who can encourage you, exhort you, urge you, move you on. The chain must come together. You will never ever celebrate. Your life as a Christian will never be consistent. It won't be growing. It won't be what God designed because you have not connected. Do you know that you could call somebody if you related to them at three in the morning and say, my mom just died. Would you pray with me? You see, if you're connected to that person, it doesn't matter if they woke up. You'd love to pray for them because when you need it, they're there for you. Why do we have to go to a hotel? God, help us. The last question I want to give you is this, and I want you in your own heart to answer it before I pray for you today. Who has access? Who has access to your life besides God? And if you married your spouse, who? Could you write down, as a lady this morning, three ladies that have access to your life? As a student, Are there three guys or three gals? If you're a guy and a gal, you could write write down their names. They have full access. So on the road of life, if you get stuck or if you take a right turn, they have full access to come alongside. They know you They've seen you because daily means they relate to you. You can't get isolated. You're not a rock this morning. You're not on an island. We're a body of believers together. Who has access And can hold you accountable. You need it. I need it. I absolutely have to have it. Because it's easy for me to be deceived, even after all these years.
0: God wants to see his church grow, to be bigger. That means people are getting saved. But Pastor Mark shared today that he also wants his church to get smaller. Why? Because as the church gets bigger, we must learn to meet in smaller groups so that we can connect and hold each other accountable. Pastor Mark shared that life change happens most effectively in a small group. Who are you holding yourself accountable to?
3: Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to lessonsforlivingradio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Viera campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Viera Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com.
0: Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He told us so himself. His heart has not changed, but now his desire is to communicate the good news through us. In the next edition, Pastor Mark will challenge us to go. Satan is a liar and a deceiver and has blinded unbelievers to the truth. Jesus has called us to go and make disciples of all nations. He promised that he would be with us until the end and that his spirit would empower us for the task. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons first.